Would you join me in a word of prayer? Lord, every year it catches me how those magi responded to the star. They rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. I pray that for our congregation as we think about what you've entrusted to us, that we're stewards of this gospel, this good news, and what we have in Christ. Lord, I pray for this Vision Sunday that you would help us be united as a people on mission. I pray as I speak now that I'd be clear and encouraging to your people. I pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Once a year, I diverge slightly from a typical expository sermon. I take one Sunday and do more of a state of the church kind of update, and it's always the Sunday around Epiphany. Yesterday was the actual Feast of Epiphany. January 6th is the date, and then this is the season after Epiphany. So we have about six weeks to focus on the fact that The gospel, the good news, the Messiah who came to the Jews did not just come only for the Jews, but for all people. This is great news because not many of us have Jewish roots. Most of us are Gentiles. And this was by a revelation from God. These magi saw a star, but the Lord revealed to them the significance of it and that they should go and worship this newborn king. That was God revealing good news to them. That's how it always happens. If you're a believer, it's because the Lord opened your heart to receive the good news about Jesus. Now, I do want to start with yet another scripture verse this morning that has been bouncing around my head as I've been praying for Vision Sunday for this year, and it's from Ephesians chapter 3, verses 1 through 6. In there, the apostle Paul is talking about his ministry, and he defines the mystery of the gospel. He says this. He says, for this reason, I, Paul, a prisoner of Christ Jesus on behalf of you Gentiles, assuming that you have heard of the stewardship of God's grace that was given to me for you. That's one word, the stewardship word of God's grace. The Apostle Paul notes that he's been given information about how people are to be saved, and he has been charged with sharing it, not just with Jews, but with Gentiles, to proclaim it. So he's a steward of something. And then he goes on and says, how the mystery was made known to me by revelation, as I've written briefly, when you read this, you can perceive my insight into the mystery of Christ, which was not made known to the sons of men in other generations, as it has now been revealed to his holy apostles and prophets by the Spirit. This mystery is that the Gentiles are fellow heirs, members of the same body, and partakers of the promise in Christ Jesus through the gospel. That word partakers has struck me as well as I've been thinking about epiphany. In fact, in the next, the next five weeks, our sermon series will be partakers of the promise. In other words, I, what I like about that word is it puts something on us as recipients. God's grace is for all people, and sadly, many people reject it. But it's open to all people, and by being partakers, it says take part in it to use church language, get connected to the body of Christ. Be part of what the gospel means. I'll come back to that in a minute. But one, stewards, not just the Apostle Paul, but all followers of Christ are stewards of something. In fact, as an Anglican church, we are, we recognize the first promise asked of a bishop of the person being ordained. Will you be faithful to the doctrine, discipline, and worship of Christ as this church has received the same? The first promise asked is, will you be a good steward of this message? We don't invent truth here. We already have it. It's been revealed by the Spirit, and we have to steward that. We have to care for it. We have to pass it on to others. 
So on Vision Sunday, I'm asking every year, Lord, are we doing this well? How are we stewarding what you have given us? And, and then I want to call forth a, a response of the church to be partakers of the promise. So how are we stewarding? And I want to invite you to partake. Every year I ask the Lord, um, one, are we still using the right vision? Or do you have a different one? I mean, this is the Lord's church, and he might say, it's time to turn. I want, I want to send Grace Anglican Church in that way instead of that way. So every year I ask, big picture, is this the right vision? By the way, there are four words to our vision. This is a test of me, not you. Could you say what they are? Okay, that's, you don't have to say it out loud, but if you forgot, it's on a banner when you pull into the church every time you come in right now. It's out by the street, and I'm going to speak to that. Um, but I also ask the Lord every year for um, a word or a phrase or some impression about what to emphasize in the coming year. And last year, I asked him about that, and I felt like he said it was the word sent. So our, our vision, the four words, are extending grace, discipling generations. That's unique to this church. I mean, other churches have bits of those things, but that's somewhat unique. And last year on the word sent, I was really focused on extending grace, bringing the gospel out to others. The grace is the message that we proclaim, salvation in Christ. It's the content of the scriptures, and we're called to share it. We're a people on mission. That's what the Great Commission is all about. Go and make disciples of all the nations and teach them to observe all that I've commanded you, says Jesus. So last year, the word sent. Let me give you some things that we did. Living into that extending grace idea, um, one simple thing, we increased our global uh, giving budget to um, uh, 6%, and then our local budget went up a bit. When we add with our diocesan giving, we gave away 13% of everything that came into the church, um, which which is good. It's more than a tithe. It's growing. Um, We learned how to use Alpha even better. And... um, Alpha is our program to help people engage with the message that we have as stewards. You know, Paul says you're, you have, you're, you're a clay jar, and you have this surpassing treasure, surpassing greatness, this treasure in it. Well, we've got this message. How do we get it out there? We use Alpha to help people ask questions about the faith and consider who Jesus is. We've recently moved it off campus. It's at the Urban Bean Coffee Shop up in Orange Park, and in the spring semester, the majority of the people that signed up were already connected to this church and worshiping here. But by the fall semester, most of the people that signed up were not connected to the church. They were friends of friends. They were neighbors, family members, coworkers, people that many who'd never even physically been on our campus were coming and were asking the question. It has, in fact, been about extending grace way beyond our own walls. And so I was grateful for that. Um, <clears throat> Uh, we've been investing quite a bit in our church plants um, uh, locally and, and up in New England. I was really blessed to see the trickle-down effect of, of one ministry helping another ministry. Soul in the City is our youth camp that meets here. The students go out to work sites during the day, and they come back for worship in the evening. Jennifer, our director of children, gathered up a group from Soul in the City, and their mission, their service, was to go over to the table, St. John's, and run a vacation Bible school for the children of that church. So it was, our, our mission here was helping their mission there. It was really awesome uh, to be sent like that, to be extending grace like that. We also did a children's thing for uh, the table church when they had an outreach event. So we went over and took care of all the kids and and taught them and shared the gospel with them so that out- outreach event could happen over there. You guys may remember I had in the summer Brian Garrison come and speak 
He's the new priest over at Good Samaritan Church over in Middleburg. Um, Backstory on that, I can't get into right now, but basically that church was in strong decline and was down to about 40 people. All of them were over 70. You know, you always have to be bringing up the next generation. And um, God sent a leader to help revitalize that. And I, I had him preach and I said to you, this is my friend Brian, he's a good leader. I hope some of you will feel called to go with him and help him replant Good Sam over on Old Jennings Road. Take your tithe, your money with you, invest in it, go with my blessing. And um, some people actually did. I'm thankful for that. And I am confident that the Lord can keep filling the pews back up as we send people out. Um, It's about abundance, not scarcity. And I can point to um, that not only did we send people out, we landed in the black tightly by $7,000 financially. So giving slightly uh, was below, or slightly above spending, 7,000. That's a pretty tight margin on the size of our budget, but we landed in the black. We did in that year put a new roof on this building, 12,000 square foot building, sloped roof, steep pitch with cash. The vestry had set aside cash for it. We were ready for it, paid for it. Um, Someone gave a gift to help us get to the final amount. Um, Attendance went up 10% last year. It's been coming up steadily ever since COVID. Um, I'm hoping that continues. And our debt is down to 1.9 million. It was 5.8 when I got here. So if 1.9 sounds large to you, recognize to me it sounds actually pretty good to be down to 1.9. And it will be done by 2030, if not sooner. So there's, and there are people that are giving uh, regularly just right to the principal, just of their own initiative. And that's helped, you know how most of us know how the time value of money works and interest rates, that's compounding now. Every one of those gifts is bringing that principal down faster. Every month, about 25 grand comes off of that balance. That's where we are on the amortization schedule. So last year was all about being sent. And um, this year I feel drawn toward the second part of our vision about discipling generations. And when I asked the Lord for something specific about that, I felt like the word was about growth, but not numerical. Depth, growing deeper, helping our congregation go deeper in their faith and be closer to the Lord. And I was thinking about the word discipling. I was thinking about Romans 12, 1 and 2, where Paul talks about being transformed by the renewal of your mind so that you can test and approve what God's will is. And then you will bodily, physically offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, which is your either reasonable service or spiritual act of worship, whichever way you translate that. But it's about a renewal of mind. It's about changing your worldview. You know, we, everyone has a spiritual formation, everyone, whether they know it or not. And once the gospel comes, we have to be spiritually reformed. Our minds need to be retaught. We need to understand a little bit about the kingdom of God and recognize there are two rival kingdoms Jesus is inviting us to come into his kingdom and step away from the kingdoms of the world. That's going to that's gonna require a change of mind to understand how, how the gospel works, who God is, and how we're supposed to live in this world while not being of the world. It's hard to do it, actually, but it's a new kind of life, and he gives us his spirit to empower us to do this and to grow more and more like Christ, to become more and more people of that new kingdom. And the uh, Great Commission does say, go and make disciples, students of Jesus, and teach them to observe everything that he's commanded. That was his last instructions to the church before he left this world. So we need to learn. We have to understand. We have to rethink our habits. We need to be a people 
who are of this new kingdom and not the old kingdom. So that's, that's why we have discipling in there. That's an important word. And then generations, the last word on our, our vision statement, uh, generations, this church, and I mean Sunday morning worship as well, is for all generations. This is not like old people church and young people go to youth group. And um, that's very intentional in this church. I'm really grateful. I, watching Christmas Eve was a delight. The 60 kids that were in the pageant were proclaiming through word and drama the gospel. The student band led the songs for it. We have, we have students that are acolytes up here. We have students that do reading. Um, at the late service, we have an entire student section. They take literally the first three pews here. Do you think there might be some connection to why nationally teenagers graduate and they leave the church and never return? If their youth group is a separate thing and they've never been taught to be part of the adult worship services on Sunday morning, there's nothing for them. There's no adult group once youth group ends. So in this church, I'm thankful that it's intergenerational. I love looking at the communion rail and seeing somebody in their 80s kneeling next to somebody who's eight and they're not from the same family. It's an intergenerational and intentionally so church. And I wanna see that increase. It's, um, It's very exciting. And this congregation, the adults get that. One of our cultural points is the adults celebrate when the youth are involved. It's a good thing. There were two high school kids this week that asked to shadow me as a school project, um, and they are thinking about maybe being called into ministry, and they wanted to know what I do other than Sunday morning preaching and writing sermons. I love that question. I love that question. Because I just hang out all day and just drink coffee. It's so much fun. So I said, well, the day they wanted to come, I was like, well, I've got a men's group early in the morning, so there's Bible study. You can come at 6.15 and make coffee, and then it's vestry retreat, so you can have dinner at my house with 18 people at vestry. And I went through the whole day, and they decided, we'll just do the morning part. <laughs> so they came and went through men's group, and then after, we, we hung around in my office and, and processed what they saw. And um, it was really interesting because um, one of them doesn't, it doesn't come from a Christian family, and he's been very involved in youth group. And he was like, you know, the funny thing is, we have small groups in youth group, and it's exactly like your small group with those men. <laughs> Personality types, somebody is an over, overly talkative person, somebody else is a Bible expert, somebody is shy and should talk but doesn't, somebody says a wise word, somebody says an insensitive word. It was, uh, it was, it was like, what happens to teens when they grow up? They just become older teens in some way. <laughs> And it, but see, what was so good about that is this, this student got a vision of what it looks like to be an adult Christian, not just a teenager Christian. And I love that about this church. We are discipling generations, and that's really important. And so let me, let me give you uh, just, I'm going to give you just three initiatives, I think, of what it means for us in this year to grow deeper, how we're going we're gonna to press into this. One is thinking of Romans 12 and the renewal of our mind. I have long known that we've been deficient in the general category of Christian education. In a 20-minute sermon, you cannot be taught the faith adequately. We've got some classes here and there. They're just, they're sort of scattershot. So I'm, I'm working with our staff this semester to put in place a comprehensive Christian education plan that will in, include both adult classes, where they fit on the annual calendar, how it's going to uh, work on a weekly schedule, what classes and when, and then also 
completely revamping the children's ministry curriculum and how they can be involved in the worship service, how we can teach the faith to all ages and live into that intergenerational thing. So I, I can't give details. It'll, it's going to take till summer to get that up and running. We'll keep offering classes and stuff as we have done, but we're going to get way more intentional about that. So Christian ed plan is one. Second, you know the idea sociologists use of a third space? Space being um, a, a community space. Your first space is your home. Your second space is your work. The third space in bygone eras used to be your faith community, your church, but the church is on pretty big decline, at least mainline churches in America, and the third place has been supplanted by the brilliant marketing of coffee shops. Starbucks is a lot of people's third place. They pop in there every week, they know the baristas, they know some of the other community, it becomes their third space. I wanna take it back. I want it back in the church. I want to see this year intentionally help us strengthen the community that this becomes your third space. When you think of where do I have community and belonging? So there's a bunch of things we have in mind about that. One is the dinner parties once a month that we're gonna have, or hopefully you'll be willing to host or be part of those. Every month throughout the year, we're gonna set up opportunities to have dinner in, in a different person's house and get to know the people you sit next to in worship. And not just their faces, but their names, a little bit about them. And, and just one way to help us know the people that are part of this church. I really want to keep using our campus more and more. Initially, when I got here, I was thinking missional communities, we've got to push people into their neighborhoods. And while that's good to have small groups in neighborhoods, we also have this 20 acres here. And we built that pavilion out there to try and bring people back onto the campus after COVID. Um, so we're looking for ways to use it. Um, donuts are out there after this service. So you'll hang around and have some fellowship. This can be like that new third community, third space community. I loved having the strings playing on Christmas Eve in the narthex. They were supposed to be under the pavilion, but it was too humid, and a 250-year-old cello does not like humidity. So they played in the narthex, but the new sound system Sam put in, we were able to have the sound out there as well as in here. And so it made for a nice place to hang out. And like things like Maundy Thursday dinner under the pavilion out there. I want to see the church be a place where you come and experience more community, more belonging. So we're going to press into that a little bit. And then the third one is the Alpha program, we're, as I said, we're getting better and better at using it as a tool to help people experience the gospel. And part of the Alpha program is an Alpha weekend, a retreat. And usually we have about 30 participants in Alpha and maybe half of them go on the retreat, something like 15 or 16, plus our leaders. And so it tends to feel smaller. But the retreat is excellent. It focuses on the ministry of the Holy Spirit, but I would say it's more of a renewal kind of retreat, like how God um, helps us live into this new life that we have in Christ. Um, Curtis does great teachings on it. He's typically led that. And so I thought, well, what if we open it up to the whole church? It doesn't have to be the alpha retreat. It can be a spiritual renewal retreat. So right now, we've got 75 spots at Epworth-by-the-Sea. It's the weekend of April 19th through the 21st. And I'd like to say 15 are the alpha participants and 100 more are church members that want to grow deeper in their faith through renewal. We're trying to get more spots up there. Um, we're waiting to hear back uh, this coming week. But I want to open that up as another opportunity for you to plug into the community of this church and also seek the Lord to grow deeper in your faith. These are just some of the things. I don't have time to, to go into more details, but that's kind of the direction we're heading. Now, let me, in as, as a way of application, what to do with this. Um, our communications team put together this card, which Curtis mentioned at the beginning of the service. Um, 
I hope you can figure out one of these three ways to sign up. And Vision Sunday is just kind of like Get Connected Sunday in the fall. I want you to get connected. I want you to put yourself out there. Um, When you do that, you start to grow. We're going to commission a group of men who are going to Costa Rica on a mission trip that they came up with the idea. It was not top-down, and every one of them has been part of the Alpha program. I just thought, retroactively, I noticed that, and they're people who've been putting themselves out there, and their faith is growing deeper, and they're more eager to do kingdom stuff. So there are a bunch of ways this semester that you can plug into the life of the church, that you can respond to that word about growing deeper. You can either pull out your phone and and get the camera and point it to the, the QR code, which I know some people hate, and then it pops up a website and you click on it. Or you can text the word group, serve, event, alpha, or mission to the phone number of the church, 5411234. Or if you don't like either of those things, you can actually go onto the website, navigate through the menu, find the event you're looking for, and sign up for it. We try to make it as easy as possible. Everything is live, ready to go. So. Get, get connected, plug in, be part of this. I hope, I hope you'll sign up for something today. Um, it might take you a day or two to figure out what you're gonna do, but, um, but look at it and don't let the week get by without signing up for something this semester. So would you pray with me? Um, Lord, I'm thankful for our church. It blesses me so much to see how, how you work in and through us. I pray for this year to be a good one, a strong one. I pray that you would help us grow deeper. We have the gospel. We live on this side of the resurrection. The Spirit of God is here. I thank you for these things, Lord. Would you help us as we go into 2024 to be faithful stewards and also partakers? And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.